Hi there, and welcome to the 4 to 20 podcast. I'm your host, Randy Seaton Jr., and on today's podcast, we're going to be going over the story of uh, me and how I got a foot in the cannabis industry for a little bit, just being, uh, just being a video maker, man, just being myself, honestly. So stay tuned for that. But first, before we get into the podcast, I just want to say thank you to anyone who's clicked the subscribe button, anyone who's dived in and given me five seconds of your time to listen to this podcast and to listen to my rambles, man. I hope when you walk away, you're walking away with either some form of entertainment or some form of information, man. Thank you so much for tuning in once again if you're a returning listener and if you're a first-time listener, man. This is just the story of... Uh, how I got my foot in uh, the cannabis industry for a little bit, and how this podcast came to fruition. And by the way, guys, I'm going to be smoking on this podcast. I, I'm going to be real laid back on this one today. It's not going to be so informative and robotic, I guess you'd say. So let's have some fucking fun. Let's get fucking stoned, and uh, let's get this podcast kicked off. How's that sound? All right, y'all. So this story is going to start way back in January of 2020, man. We just got done here in Arizona passing legalization on a recreational scale. We already had medical. So Prop 207 passed in November. So here we are in December and then January. January hits. It's inauguration day, right? Which is cool, man. You know, we got a new president or, you know, if you wanted that or not. But at least Inauguration Day is kind of like one of those days where you're either happy or you're sad. So as I sit at home, I'm watching the inauguration take place. And I'm getting kind of bummed because I see what's going on at the Capitol. So instead of sitting here and focusing on all that negative energy, man, something something in my head told me to to look around, dive on, on my Facebook, see if there's any... Any local cannabis supporters, any local cannabis pages, anything local affiliation with cannabis. So so I dived into my, my Facebook browser and hit cannabis and nothing popped up, man. There was no forums, no nothing, man. Nothing out in my immediate area within 20 miles around me. So I said, fuck it, man. I went on there. I created a group. I labeled it the Golden Valley 42710 Lounge, and I made it for locals only. Just a simple little space in, on Facebook for people to express their cannabis rights, man. Now that it was legal in Arizona, I felt like people didn't have any outlets, and I wanted to give give my community an outlet to come out of the closet, per se, you know? Sorry, I'm trying to keep this rolling by myself. Um, So... And talk is crazy. But so uh, I created my uh, 420 lounge, man. And within the first couple days, man, my lounge popped with members like 50 to 100 within a couple of days. And I was kind of shocked, honestly. I was like, wow, there's a community of cannabis supporters out here that I didn't know of. Or my community uses cannabis more than I thought, you know. And the whole idea of the, the lounge was to at least know, you know, if Ned down the street who you've never talked to yet know if he smokes weed by seeing it on Facebook. That'd be pretty cool, right? Gives you and your neighbors some common ground to say hi. It's real rule out here. Neighbors ain't friendly, you know. So that that was my kind of, my perspective towards it. And moving forward with the lounge, I wanted to do things. Maybe go out on hikes. Maybe, maybe go take them, you know, go see petroglyphs or 
springs or something something you know fun to do for us stoners because we don't hurt no one in this world we just want to smoke weed and walk around pretty much (laughs) so uh i created my lounge it became a success a lot of people liked it in the midst of creating my lounge you know cannabis can't can't really have any ads but not having ads doesn't mean you can't support your local dispensary by saying hey go shop here i live in such a rural area that the local dispensaries, their pricing is, is Arizona because it just legalized at the time. So uh, we go to other dispensaries out here. You know, most people do. And we, we'd vent, we, we'll, we're willing to drive for a good deal. So on my lounge, I ended up uh, posting things like uh, if I saw a deal at a dispensary that I liked, like three for 15 or, well, not three for 15, $15 gram waxes, I'd throw it up on my lounge. I wouldn't you know, particularly give details, but I'd be like, yo, I got my shit here. This is what I got for this price, you know, and, and nothing would get taken down on my lounge, you know, or I'd go on my lounge and show my, my re-up when I'd come home and be like, hey, this is where I shop. If you guys want some good deals, your dollar stretches here kind of a deal. And uh, in the midst of all of this, man, I found I found a dispensary that I really, really fucking liked. They were about a 45-minute drive away. I'll put this joint out for a minute. And uh, it was a dope dispensary, man. They weren't recreational when I first moved out here. They were strictly medical. And then they became recreational with time. And their products, they they had a big store, man. They had a superstore. They had, they had a big store for out here, what it's worth, compared to, like, markets like Denver, Fort Collins, Loveland, the Colorado markets that I was used to. It was a pretty big fucking store, honestly. I was like, wow, this feels like what I'm used to. And uh, the pricing did too. I went in and I'd look at the pricing of the product and it's like, oh, fuck, man, that's that's right on point. You know, I'm going to be able to get a little extra here and there. So I uh, I have backups, man. I could actually use maybe, you know, a half gram, full gram dab here and there. Fucking A, right on. I won't worry about burning through product. And it's only, you know, a 15, 20-minute drive past where I was going anyways. So... Excuse me, I'm going to drink some coffee. So, uh, I start blowing up a dispensary. Okay, we're going to call this dispensary, dispensary number one. Um, dispensary number one was ran by a, a person, a particular person there, and uh, they were doing good. This dispensary started blowing up, man, with, with no effort, really. They, they knocked their prices down low enough. Don't know how they were doing it. Didn't give a fuck as a consumer. Just knew the prices were right. My medicine was coming cheaper than normal. And and for the most part, shit was jiving. So uh, I, bo- I boast them. I, I throw them on my, my Golden Valley Lounge and on my Facebook, man. I, every other Facebook uh, tag I throw them in, kind of a deal. And uh, I start making little memes on my own. No one No one pushed me to do it. In the beginning, man, it was it was just like, hey, you know, this dispensary has the rockin' deals. Go check them out. If you guys ain't fucking stoned, you ain't smoking here kind of a deal. And my lounge was loving it, man. A bunch of people were like, where's this place? They started going there. They started giving me feedback. Thank you, Randy, for, for telling us that this place existed. It's so cool, man. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So this is in like January, February of 2020, right, man? So let's let's just move on. Uh, January, February, March, April, April 420-ish. I think I buzzed down to the healing center. I filmed myself 
uh, I filmed the gr- the crowd down there all on my own recognizance because I just wanted some media for my my Facebook lounge to show you know hey guys I'm down here too just like you. And uh, at this time the lounge was popping man by 4:20 the lounge was like super stoked they were I was throwing their fucking YouTube videos up for for the uh, for the other dispens or dispensary one man I was throwing the the YouTube videos up for dispensary one and they weren't even asking me man no one no one even reached out to me. I re- eventually reached out somewhere in between February and April, man. I think it was after April, honestly. I think it was after after 4.20. I reached out to uh, the owner or manager of Dispensary One through her video of, of the line that I filmed of uh, people lining up for 4.20. Like, hey, man, glad to see your, your business is rocking. You got my support, man. Look at that fucking line. Here's an invite to my Golden Valley Lounge. If you want to join it, go ahead, man. Feel free to run whatever you want on there. You know, utilize it to the best of your ability and get get some more people to come into your business. You're doing great things because your pricing's on point. And I saw her do things like bury people's dads and do things for the community that no one else was doing in this area. So, you know, good things were present. So I, um... I shoot that uh, that message off, and I think it took a while, but I eventually got a, a couple of replies. She started following me. She started following the lounge. I added some of uh, her friends to it, and it was good, man. It was good publicity for me. I was getting a little bit of, of views by people from not my area, but 45 miles away or 45 minutes away. So it was nice to get a bigger <clears throat> uh, community of, of cannabis users, you know, or get my my image out there in front of uh, other cannabis users. So, you know, when I started doing reviews or something, they kind of knew who I was. At this time, February, March, April, at this time in April, I'm starting to do a little bit of video work here and there. I'm shooting my own YouTube videos or uh, not even YouTube. I think I might have been doing YouTube by then. I'd have to go back and look and see when I actually started my YouTube account and when I put my first, first piece of content out on there. But I started doing uh, videos in general, man. Just uh, fucking around with filming my, my, my grab bags that I get. And making funny captions on them. Or not even funny, but just like putting uh, stickers over them. Just making them more, more appealing. And uh, all to just help boost the, the dispensary I like, you know. And I was at a point, too, when I made the lounge where... When I made this lounge, I was trying to break the taboo of people staying in the closet with weed you know like scared to smoke a joint in your front yard when it's legal and a cop can drive by and you could be like hi there officer and they can't do shit like know your laws know your rules and enjoy your product and i wanted my lounge to know that because we live in rural america there's a lot of old people who live out here and they're scared to like smoke a joint on their porch because they think the sheriff's gonna arrest them it's like fuck it's legal you're on your private property do what you want but nonetheless so I created my my lounge with intentions of just helping in general the cannabis community, whether it be with sales, with not like individual personal sales, but like dispensary ads. There we go with dispensary ads um, with with group meetings, like maybe if people were doing puff and paint, stuff of that nature, just just things for stoners to do to know that there was a stoner community out there. So with doing that, I wanted to reach out to dispensaries to. 
uh, show that, you know, if you have a good deal or you, you got a sale or something, go ahead and throw it on the page. So I reached out to a lot of them and, and Dispo One, Dispensary One reached back to me and they joined the group and they, they enjoyed their time on there. So now let's fast forward. I think I'm door dashing around this time. I quit. No, I was working at Burger King. I get a, a, a Facebook message from the content creator of Dispensary One. <clears throat> Around this time, I messaged Dispensary One and asked them, because they, they, they were like, if anyone knows of any, any good workers, I'm in look. I'm in need. Something down that line. Someone made a comment. Something something down that line on Facebook was kind of like, if you know any good good, loyal workers, let me know. I figured I live 45 minutes away. I could go bud 10. So I reached out to the owner or the, the manager slash owner, whatever the fuck it was, of Dispo One. And uh, I said, hey, man, if you're looking for a good worker, let me know. I'm always down to, to bud 10. Just kind of throwing it out there. I know I knew enough in the cannabis industry to be able to bud 10. I've seen product enough. I wasn't worried about that, but... I was I was looking to get a shoe in the cannabis industry, some form, bud tending, trimmer, something. I wanted to work in the cannabis industry. I wanted to work with the plant. So then, I get a message back saying, uh, "Sure, when I get back into uh, town, I'll message you. We'll have a talk or something." Okay, and days pass, weeks pass, and the next thing I know, out of the blue. There was a lot of sales from the dispensary, like a lot of really, really good. Like if you had a Black Friday sale on Black Friday and you started throwing that sale for four or five weeks straight in the middle of spring going into summer, that's a hell of a sale, right? So it started having really hard sales. And I was like, whoa, that's kind of weird. That's a that's a lot of product moving, but okay. And uh, the dispensary owner slash manager ended up bailing out on the dispensary. They said it was due to their mother getting sick and their the, the family getting sick. We'll just say family sicknesses. And that's what they told the public, and that's probably what was happening. No one's disregarding that. I understand, you know, family. You got to get out of the industry if you had to. Family's family. So uh, I sat there, and I saw that, and I was like, well, shit. They're, they're, I won't ever hear back from that. I won't ever get a an opportunity to work in that industry uh, obviously they're going to have new owners. So, and the owner, the new owners ain't going to know who the fuck I am, what the fuck I've been do up, up to over here on my end, just trying to support the business. Ah, you know, just move on. Started door dashing. I think I did around that time. So I started door dashing and shit. And, uh, I was doing other things. I was working at, at, at fucking restaurants and dashing in between. And one of these days out of the blue, I get, a message from uh, one of the videographers that was doing work for Dispo One. He goes, hey man, I like what you're doing on your Facebook group. I like what you're doing on your Instagram. By the way, at this point, my Instagram was like fucking legit. I didn't want to fuck with Instagram when I first started playing around on social medias. I just did the lounge. I thought it was more than enough. But then I got an itch and I was like, I want to try Instagram. So I went on Instagram on my own personal account and I just started posting pics, tags and adding people and just doing the basic rhythms to gain a gain an Instagram audience. And within 
like fucking two months, I think I had damn near 800 followers on Instagram, whether they were fucking fake or real. I wasn't paying for them. They were adding me. I wasn't adding them. So it, it was it was equating to followers. And I was down for it, man. I was like, fuck it. That's that's legit people seeing my content. I was getting views in like the hundreds at this time, a couple thousand pops here and there. But just like 100, 200 views here, 500, a couple random days. We're just like, oh, nice, sweet. People actually absorbed my content. It went up to the top of the search column. So my Instagram was popping. That's where a lot of my cannabis content was, man. Like Facebook was kind of like personal space. It wasn't, I wasn't posting my, on my personal Facebook page at the time. I wasn't posting like cannabis content. I wasn't posting bud. I was doing it on my lounge, but not on my personal page. So then Instagram was like the wild west for me. I was like, I didn't give a fuck. Throw whatever I want up on Instagram. I'll fucking take a dab on Instagram. I'll fucking, you know, set up the rig behind a light ring and make a nice video on Instagram. I was having fun, man. And it was it was a form of like creativity like none other for me. So then Dispo One's videographer reaches out to me. And this is around like, God, June, July, somewhere in there, June, July-ish. And uh, they reach out to me. Hey, man, how's it going? I like what you're doing. I like how you boost the, the, the Dispo one. I'm still working with Dispo one. I want to know if you want to meet up in my studio down there where you live in your town and smoke one and have a chat. I was like, oh, fuck yeah, man. I didn't know you had a studio out here where I live. You know, that's fucking 10 minutes away instead of 50. Fuck yeah, let's meet up. So like a couple days pass, we meet up, man. Me and my wife go over there. We have a chit chat with him about an hour, a little smoke session. I could tell the guy didn't like to smoke that much. And uh, we smoke back and forth, and he kicks some ideas. He goes, you know, I wanted to do this and that, and I really, really want to do something outside of this and that, and I have this on this burner and that on that burner, but I'm not really sure. Oh, have you talked to so and so? No. Oh, well, they still might be in the game. They still might be out of the game. I was like, oh, shit. Didn't know much more. Didn't know much less. Was under the impression by the time I left that that meeting, or that get-together, that within the next month, next couple of weeks, I was going to get a reach-out from the videographer to go and do some form of content, whether that be a video of... of me and him and enjoying product or a view, whether it was a podcast that was filmed, whether it was uh, a game show, something he wanted to do. And I was down, man. I was like, fuck it. I want to, I want to, I want to collab. I'm down to collab. I didn't, at the time I didn't have no one out here really wanted to collab with me because there's no real cannabis content creators out where I live. So it's kind of hard when you find, when you find one, you better fucking collab with them. Plus, the dude worked for established dispensary and was doing content for them on a weekly. So I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, man. So I was always down. So then in between DoorDashes, you know, he's, uh, he's he, he wanted to know my availability. I'm like, whatever, man. Like, legitimately, I'm DoorDashing. I can end a dash midway through my day. Go down to your studio. Make some content for a couple hours. Come back and go back into dashing. It does not matter. Just hit me up when you're ready to record. I'm down whenever. And I was, I always had a pen on me. I always had something on me to smoke. I was ready to fucking rock and roll. And weeks went by. Months went by. 
And every time I tried to get with this fucking dude, man, it was another fucking thing. First time it was like, oh, all my content that I created this week got deleted by my computer. I have to make shoot new videos. Sorry, I can't. I'm stuck down here in need, uh, or in this town. So, you know, and then it went from, oh, now this week my wife might have COVID. Next week, oh, my dog's sick. I might have to put it down. Then it went to, oh, I run the Halloween stores. And I can't, um, I can't do both right now. I'm really tied up. Uh, between both jobs so sorry man so it got to a point man where I was making all this content on Instagram at this time I'm doing reviews I was making my own review content just before Dispo One's owner slash manager left she threw me some product and asked me to do a review on it and I uh I didn't think uh the review that she wanted was just like, oh, hey, this was good when I come back in. I thought, like, make a fucking review. So I went and I filmed myself smoking product and explaining the product, and I threw it up on YouTube. Kind of inspirational, kind of just on my own whim. Nervous about it, said fuck it, and did it. Threw it up on my Instagram, threw it up on my uh, Facebook channel, all that jazz, man. I had it everywhere. So I reviewed some product. Even centered it off the video. And she, oh, right on. That's so dope, man. Thank you. You know, kind of a deal. I got I got retort for it, at least. I got some form of report positivity back for it. And I was like, fucking cool, man. Hey, you know, you threw me a free gram. Shot a fucking 10-minute uh, video. It took me two hours to edit. It's whatever, man. I'm so down. I just want to see your fucking business flourish. Because that's all I want to do is I want to see other people flourish, man. So, I uh, started doing reviews a while back. Uh, that was probably right when I started my Instagram. I think when I started Instagram, I started fucking with Facebook or YouTube. That's when I started doing the reviews because I wanted to reach a bigger audience. So, and my reviews were popping, man. Like, I think my Cali Blaze review at one point had 128 views on Face or on YouTube. And then, like, on fucking Instagram, man, that motherfucker shot. And I, that was my first time realizing, like, oh, shit, I can make content and that many people will see it. <clears throat> So I continuously did reviews on any grab bag I'd get, add them on my Instagram, and it was gaining me followers. So I was up to almost like 800 fucking followers by this point, man. I was like, oh, cool, we're coasting. Another videographer wants to reach out, down to collab whenever he's ready. You know, sitting on hands idle, still making content on a daily. I was doing daily videos where I'd go on Instagram and take a hit and spend, send some positive vibes off to those who need it. Because, you know, the world need some positive vibes man it's a dark world we live in and I was gaining followers with it but I wanted to do more I wanted to do more content I was full of ideas that I wanted to go run and do but I felt like man it'd always be better if I had someone else who was beside me wanted to do them too you know like two man crews always better than a one man crew but in the long run one man crew is what you see here so the next thing I know it's October okay no one's reached out. No one. He, it's always another fucking thing. At this point, I ain't even reaching out to uh, Homeboy to do content with him. Because I'm like, why would I want to collab after like fucking three months, two months of waiting, man? Like, you can only wait so long as a content creator. Because you got to get your shit out there, man, while it's hot. So, uh, I was done. I was like, fuck it. I don't, I don't even want to uh, do any content with Homeboy. I'm just going to go make my own. I think I'm going to go grab this camera and go do this with it and... I had a lot of ideas at the time. 
So the next thing I know, I get a Facebook message out of nowhere. And at the same time, I'm reaching out. Let's let's just rewind just a little. Between the time of being offered to go do content in a studio where I live locally with the content creator for Dispo One and the new ownership taking over, I found out who the new owners were in the weirdest way through Instagram, man. Like, it was fucking weird. Someone followed my content on Instagram like that I was promoting a certain brand and they knew the new owners of Dispo One. And it was fucking cool because it was like coincidental all the way down, man. Like, no, I don't think home, anyone was looking for me per se. I think they genuinely liked my content that I was putting out. It was like, oh, dude's doing dope. He's local. Right on. So I was following the uh, one of the people who was part of Dispo One's new management, owners, crew, whatever. And he was high up the ranking. I knew he was decently high up the ranking. And... uh I was talking back and forth with them, showing them the content I was putting out. They were promoting it, going, yeah, dude, keep putting it out. It looks cool, cool. Everything was on the good, man. The, the very last message I had from Homeboy was, let's go. And I was, like, so stoked, man. I was like, all right, right on. Things are kind of cool, man. They're kind of happy with what I'm putting out. You know, but once again, no one's reaching out. I guess I should grab my nuts and go reach out to them, but I don't fucking know. I wanted to reach out to them and see if I could do any form of content for them. But at the same point... I didn't want to step on the toes of the videographer who was doing content currently with them. That's just not me, man. I'm, I don't cut line. I wait turn. That's just, that's what real dudes do. So I was kind of at a point where I was like, man, fuck. I wonder if I could go ask them if they want this done or, you know, I could go blow up this for them. And then I was like, at the same point, if I do that, that's going to step on someone else's toes and their livelihood. I don't want to be that guy. So I was really meek and idle about the situation but it was always in the back of my fucking head running so the next thing I know here we are October I get a message and uh, it's a Facebook message my phone goes bing I'm like huh oh shit it's the retired owner of Dispo One whoa or owner's manager of Dispo One what the fuck hey I'm at this dispensary and now that dispensary we're going to call Dispo 2 I'm over here at Dispo 2. And that's all the message said. So (laughs) in the back of my mind, I was like, huh? What does this mean? I'm at this Dispo 2. Like, you want me to come visit you like a celebrity? Like, I didn't know what it meant. So I kind of disregarded it and was like, well, shit, man, if you're ever traveling through my area and you want to smoke a dab, let me know, man. I always have something on me and I'm always down to blaze. Because that's what I do when when someone reaches out to me and they're a local. I try and reach a uh, give an olive branch out of peace of let's smoke a joint and say hi and meet who, who we are kind of a deal. I met a couple people off my lounge that way. And then nothing, man. She goes, oh, OK, cool. I was like, all right. Huh. Didn't get it. Didn't understand at the time. The very next morning I wake up. Sorry, I need some more coffee. And I need to fire this joint up again. So the very next morning I wake up and uh, I see a Facebook post on another cannabis site. And this goes, that's right. You heard right. So-and-so is the new owner slash manager of Dispo 2. And I was like, what? Oh, shit. That's weird. The retired owner of Dispo 1 is now the new owner of Dispo 2. 
well, fuck, I read that, that message wrong. Maybe I need to go back and read that message. So I shoot her a message, say, hey, yo, I read that wrong. I didn't realize you were taking over Dispo 2. Fucking A, what's going on? And I said, uh, if you need any help doing videos, let me know. Because at the time, I was still waiting to do content with the other videographer that she was used to working with. But he was tied up at Dispo 1, and I knew there would have been a conflict of interest. So my mentality was, this is my time to take an opportunity and try and get in the game one way or another. She also said back in the day when uh, she came back from uh, the st- out of, being out of state that, hey, I'll get you a job when I get back into state. So it kind of coincided. She goes, hell yeah, I want you on my squad. I want you to come do my videos and make some mems for me. I was like, all right. We discussed a wage on the message real fast, real quick. Everything was real quick. I want. I was like, when do you want to meet up? I want to meet up this day. I was like, all right, cool. So I said, hey, can I bring my wife? I have a couple questions I want to ask you. She goes, all right, yeah. So uh, the day happens, me and the wife head down there. And we're stoked, man. We're like, oh, fuck, man, this is cool. And I brought the wife along because at the time the wife was working in a different town, which would have put her almost like, fuck, a good hour and a half away. And that's a grip, man, out here in the desert. Like, you don't want your loved one being that far away, working, driving every day, and you guys are both going opposite directions. So uh, we go into to the interview, and I, 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 it wasn't even like an interview. It was just like a sit down, just to chat over, like make sure the pricing was on point, see what they wanted for content. And all I was going to ask as an extra was, hey, man, if I'm coming this way, want to throw my wife a job like it's a new dispenser it's a new dispensary and you could use the help they were looking for workers as is just throw my wife wherever she's she's golden like my wife is so fucking smart and intellectual like she could pick up anything real fast and do really good at it and she goes yeah yeah, yeah. your wife no numbers well yeah (laughs) she works at a bank and uh she goes cool we'll bring her on we'll bring her on and uh my, my, my cherry on top of that was, hey, you know, while, while, while I'm here or while she's here, you have me here and I can film any new uh, products that come through your back door. They're being delivered as you fill your shelves so I could have your content fresh on your weed maps. I could have your content fresh on your Instagram. I could have you content daily. And she was down. So uh, next thing I know, it was go home, take a couple days, I'll call you call you in a couple days or text you here's my number so a couple days pass and we're reaching back and forth to each other shit's going good man um me and the wife are gearing up to go do our first shift man and uh at this point i gotta pause someone's driving by real no fuck it let it roll man this is a this is real live audio today you get to hear my trash man drive by how's that sound (laughs) y'all Hope you guys are enjoying the podcast. We're at the 30-minute mark, and I never run this long. This is going to be a long one today. Sorry, y'all. It's a marathon. This is a long fucking story. A lot of shit happened last year. So uh, back to the story, man. Let me light this joint up real fast and uh, get a little elevated. We're on uh, the first day of work at Dispensary 2. We've actually got our foot in the door. We're making content for a, for, for a living. You know, that's kind of a fucking goal at this point. 
I got my wife working there too, which is even better, you know, so, you know, she's safe, you're not wasting gas, it's helping out, you know, all the way around. Who doesn't want to work with their wife, man? At least, you know, my relationship, I do. So, uh, we go down for our first fucking day at the dispensary, man. And, uh, we were, I think it was the day we were told to go get our badges, pretty much. We got a little rundown of what we were going to be doing. The wife was going to be doing something in inventory. We got our fingerprints already done. The wife got her badge. I didn't have my badge yet. It was waiting to clear. And we were working there. It was the first day. The wife was doing uh, inventory in the back. I was doing fucking pictures of flour. And I was getting their weed maps filled up. Taking the old off the weed maps, putting new up. And building content like videos to like show their dispensary. And let the community know that, hey, dispensary one's old owner who's retired is out of retirement. Come over here. And I was making memes too, man. Little memes, funny memes, mean memes, all the above. It didn't matter. It was, it was propaganda. It was full-blown propaganda bomb for the dispensary, too. And it wasn't a mark against dispensary one. It was nothing towards dispensary one. It was just business, man. I was getting paid to uh, make the shit. And when you get paid to make shit, you make it. Especially as a content creator, man. And at the time, at the time... I believed everything that was being thrown my way from the owner the owner at Dispo 2. Owner slash uh, manager, whatever the fuck it is. I don't know what the fuck the title is because they never clarified it. So, uh, yeah, man. I was believing everything thrown, man. And uh, that might be naive on me, but even, even when uh, me and the wife went there the first day, man, we waited around for like four fucking hours to even chat with her. Just to ask her pretty much if she'd hire me and bring the wife on board. It was crazy, man. It was like a four-hour wait. She acted like she was in a, a meeting with with the, the owners, which I think they were there. Looking back, I think they were there. And uh, it's just odd. You know, you don't you shouldn't schedule shit like that to, to coincide with each other. But me and the wife were like, fuck it. We want the job so bad. Fuck it. Kind of a deal. Got her into a change of work base, different, different kind of job. Got me into a change of, of work base too. And, and, and like the ability to create content, having jars next to you is just exceptional as a content creator. And with my Instagram climbing, I figured it'd help boost it. <sighs> Sorry, man. I'm trying to keep this joint going. So, uh, we, uh, we work our first day, man, or first week. We'll just say a week, fuck it. By the end of the first fucking week, man, we have a lot of questions in our head <laughs> that are going unanswered, but we're not going blind, but we're definitely not... Our guard's not up to its fullest. And it was uh, little shit, man. We were having issues with... um co-workers just simple simple bickers man that's what i would call them if 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 imagine if you were to come in off the street into a established uh business of any sorts and start doing forms of content or just and your wife's working there people are gonna start raising eyebrows people are gonna be like who the fuck is he why does he get these things why can't my girl work here a lot of jealousy got kicked out right away man 
even down to the extent of like, I'm out here doing like what I'm contracted to do for like my monthly wage. Right. To like, so I'm making like the memes. I'm, I'm, I'm doing fucking pictures. I'm doing videos. I'm video editing out there just cause I'm on my phone. Doesn't mean I'm not fucking doing my work. Cause I was doing all my work on my phone. Didn't need a laptop to do half the shit I was doing. And, uh, there was a lot of jealousy, man. Like one night I was getting told, you know, Hey, you need to come in here and you need to start punching holes in product and start stickering with all of us. And it was like, what the fuck? Boss said, so if you have a problem, call the boss. Like, What the fuck, man? So I messaged the boss. Yo, you want me in here? Yeah. Yeah. If you can, if you can help out. It's like, all right, man, I'm a team player though. I'm, I'm down when I'm, when I'm dedicated, I'm fucking dedicated, man. I'm down to do it, man. I've, I've worked industries harder than that, you know. I've worked fucking construction for years. There's no sweat off the nuts is what I would normally say. So, like, here I am, man. I'm in the back doing things. I'm a fucking stocking product. I'm fucking sticker and product. Still don't have a badge. Getting told, hey, if someone comes in, you got to bolt out. All right. Finally, my badge comes in by, like, week two. So everything's kosher. Oh, you come back now. You come back and behind the line. And you can start doing this and that and this and that. Which was already fishy, man. I should have never been doing shit in the dispensary, period, until my badge cleared. But, you know, people say, hurry up and do it. You hurry up and do it. Especially when you're getting paid. And it's your livelihood. And you're traveling 45 fucking minutes away from your home to gain that livelihood. And it's something you really want to be involved in. Not the shenanigans, but the industry of cannabis. <laughs> so, uh, here we are week two. I got my badge week three shit. Kind of, we're seeing shit for what it is. Me and the wife are me and her have a lot of questions when we come home amongst ourselves and we're not going in, you know, with, with smiles on our face, but we're going in with the idea of this is a fucking job. We're here to get money and we're here to go home and we're here to do what we're here to do in our 10 to 12 hour shifts that we're here for all while all while the whole fucking time at this dispensary and keep this in mind during this whole story man we were never scheduled a schedule it would always be hey take tomorrow off then give me a call and I'll let you know if you work the next day or hey uh take two days off and just message me I'll let you know when I want you to work next it was really random shit like that, which was which was okay, but it was tiresome when you're traveling two hours a day on a drive, working a 14-hour shift, pulling turnarounds to go help this dispensary out to get off the fucking ground. There were some nights where me and the wife only got like four hours sleep, maybe three, because the turnarounds were so tight. And it was ridiculous, man, but we wanted it. We wanted to work in that industry. We were having fun. You're able to sell cannabis to people and see smiles walk out the door. You're able to inform people about a product that they don't know. You're able to help someone. And that's what's so beautiful about that industry. So uh, here we are on week four, man. It's Halloween weekend, man. I'm figuring we're going to have a good fucking weekend. Halloween normally means the freaks and geeks are out of the world. And uh, that morning I just shot a little Jeter review, like a fucking real quick, I think it was Instagram, minute long Jeter review. And something told me, man, I'm going to have a bad fucking day when I was shooting that fucking video that morning, man, to be fucking fully straightforward, man. Like, I knew it was going to be a bad fucking day. Down in the coffee, y'all. So, uh, 
me and the wife go in and I'm, I'm trying to like bury that shit. Like, I don't want to have a bad fucking day, man. We're not going to have a bad one. And, uh, we go to work and the day before, man, something happened the day before someone was mad at me. The person was mad at me because I told them I wasn't going to do what they wanted me to do because it pretty much wasn't my job. I was getting to the point where it's like, man, I'm out here doing the content that I'm getting paid for. Don't quit pulling me off of it. Let me get my fucking content out there. So, uh, I fucking go in that fucking Friday or Halloween. I think it was Black Friday. It was on Friday, I believe. And uh, we go in and I'm there maybe 20 minutes, dude. And it's fucking insane. Not with business, not with anything, man. The person I pissed off the day before, I figured if I offered him a joint, hey, let's go smoke one of these Jeters in your car, break bread, start over, kind of a deal. You know, man, yesterday was yesterday. Let's have a new day today and have a great day at that because weed's what we're breaking bread with. So I, uh, I go in that day. My wife goes and does her thing in the back. I'm doing my thing out front, clicking my head. I go, you know. Let's go blaze homeboy down now rather than later. Get this water washed under the bridge so we can have a good fucking day, man. Because something in my gut was telling me shit was going to go fucking ham. So a lot of the times when I was there at Dispo 2, I'd chill out at the front table in between where the security lets them in and the customer. Like a waiting lobby. I'd chill out in the lobby. That's where I do most of my work. So you had a table there. Internet was good. Yada, yada, yada. And, I, and as customers come in and out, I'd ask them as they come in what they were coming in for. And as they leave, I'd ask them what they got. I'd never ask the customer to open their fucking bag because I knew that was against the fucking law. Like customers tried sometimes and I'd be like, no, 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 no. Put that back in your fucking, put that back. Don't open that. You got to go home with that sealed. You can't open that period. Like this is the law. And I teach them the law. Real quick explanation of it. Never would I ask my customers to open their fucking bag and tell me. I'd be like, what brand? Oh, you got flour, pre-rolls, concentrate? I'd always like try and lead them away from opening their bag. But I was always on a constant hunt of what the customers were buying on their way out because maybe it was something I wanted to review. Maybe it's something I haven't tried. And I'd ask the customer, Did you like, do you like what you bought? Or is it your first time buying it? Is that like a re- repeat purchase? Is this something you come here directly for? And I'd get answers and feedback. And that helped me too when I'd go back to be a bud tender, which was happening. <laughs> I forgot to mention that. Uh, when I'd go back to be a bud tender, it would help me sell product or, or I'd at least know what people are looking for. So uh, that morning, man, I fucking go outside. I'm getting my Jeter out of my car. I'm coming back in and uh, a customer's leaving and the doorman's talking to him. As I'm inside asking the bud tender who was upset at me from the day before if he wants to go outside and smoke, the customer comes back in. That customer has her bag open and she goes, sir, my bud tender sold me this product, but I wanted this other product because I heard you get one more and it's cheaper. And I looked at her and I was like, well, I'm going to let you talk to your bud tender. Because at the time, really wasn't bud tending all that much. But I'd rather the bud tender handle his situation, especially with him being the head bud tender on shift. So I walk away, man. 
I call, I say, Hey, Hey, uh, Hey homeboy, you, your customers back in here and they need to talk to you. I'll meet you outside, man. And I left it at that. Cause I figured I'm going to go outside, wait for him to deal with this. And he'll want to smoke now for sure. And we'll smoke. And I figured the customer opened their bag. I didn't know when the customer opened their bag. I just saw a bag open. I thought it was odd, but I figured she opened it on her way back in. Didn't know. So I go outside vaping for a minute and the doorman comes out and he goes, Oh man, I think I fucked up. I go, what, what happened, bro? He goes, well, when that lady was on her way out, I asked her what she got. And she, uh, she opened her bag and showed me. And then I told her that this product was cheaper and you get one more of them. She should have went with this. She got all upset, went back in. I was like, is that what that shit was about? And he's like, yeah. I was like, oh, dude, you fucked up. You should never let her open. So first off, you should never let a customer leave with a product and then tell them there's a better, cheaper product in the house. Next time they come in, you show them the better, cheaper product. And from there, they'll choose which one they want. That's just basic business 101. Homeboy didn't know, though. He's a fucking doorman, dude. So uh, I'm telling homeboy, I'm like, man, you fucked up, bro. I'm sorry. You're going to get your ass fucking chewed out, dude. But take it with a grain of salt. It's a simple mistake. And don't let customers open their bag. You're the doorman, dude. You should know this. Never let them open their bag, man. Like, just ask them in general, what did you get? Concentrate, flour, pre-roll, what kind of brand? So you know. So the next thing I know, man, the head tender comes shooting out the building. Takes the doorman around the corner and starts talking to him. And I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> head tender's definitely going to want to smoke now. Next thing I know, head tender comes around the corner. And I'm like, you ready to smoke? He goes, no. I want to talk to you about what the fuck's going on. Why the fuck are you asking customers to open their bags on the way out? It's like, wait a minute, dude. He asked them that. I never asked him to open their fucking bag. I never asked a customer that. You can go back and watch every bit of tape on the recordings. And you'll never see me ask a customer to open their bag. I've seen him try and I've told him, no, don't do that. I just want to know what product or brand you got. Well, why the fuck are you asking him that, man? It's a bunch of bullshit. You don't think we're giving them the best fucking products? You don't think us bud tenders know how to sell the best products in the house? We don't know the best products. It's like, no, it's nothing against you, dude. It's nothing against you guys at all. I'm just curious. I'm curious what the customer's leaving with. Maybe I want to do a review on it. Maybe maybe customers want a review on that. You know, maybe it's for my own research. No, oh, man, you're up to some bullshit, motherfucker. Or he, he, didn't, even, he didn't even call me a motherfucker. It was, it was just back and forth bickering, man. And it got to a point where, like, I've been here 20 fucking minutes. My weed high's worn off. I was going to go smoke you down. And you're yelling at me over a mistake someone else fucking made. Fuck this shit. So I popped off at the lip a little. I was like, man, it's too early for all this fucking shit, man. I'm calling the boss. And he got all pissed off. Well, you're going to cuss at me, man? I'm calling the boss, too. So the next thing I know, man, me... My wife and himself are getting sent the fuck home. And all I was telling the boss the whole time is just just watch the fucking videos. Because they had a camera outdoors that was recording audio and shit. Look at what happened all morning long. Tell me if I did anything wrong. Three days off later, I get him like, no, you didn't do nothing wrong, man. I watched the tapes. Everything's good. Come back to work. All right. Well, fuck. So me and the wife go back to work, man. And at this point, we have like the nastiest taste in our mouth because it's like what the fuck I did nothing wrong in the situation 
but uh people are saying I did something wrong and I didn't like I didn't like it man I was like you know what man I'm just gonna stick with my content so we go back and we work a couple more weeks man sorry I need some more coffee and as we're working those couple more weeks more shit starts to unfurl man where just hypocrisy over hypocrisy every day became a different fucking narrative the on-call shit was getting tiresome like not knowing if you work the next day or you didn't you spend a whole day off worrying if you had to go in the next day not to know if you had two days off so you'd be like it's random shit dude so uh me and the wife got to a point where like we knew who we liked in the building we knew who we didn't like in the building because it was very obvious and we were right trying to run a thin edge of staying away from the people we didn't like and doing our fucking jobs and maintaining them so we still had a fucking job and it got to a point where you started seeing shit around you man for what it really is not for what people post on a video or post to a Facebook story or a YouTube video for who they really are and how they condone themselves around people, how they act towards employees or how they handle situations. You start seeing them for their true colors, man. And it it started leaving a, a funky taste in our mouths, man, to the point where me and the wife were just like, what the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? Ah, it's all good. It's all good. All while this is going on, man. My Instagram starts getting hit every once in a while. So I think July took a hit. October I took a hit. And during all this, the other videographer, I forgot to mention him, man. Fuck. See what weed does. It makes you forget key elements. The other videographer was still working for Dispo One through the months of October. But I was being told by Dispo 2's owner slash manager, whatever the fuck you want to call it, that he would be coming on board and that me and him would be working together. But he doesn't like competition. He doesn't like uh, people doing content better than him. He's very aggressive towards other content makers. And uh, I told her, well, you hired me to get this off the ground. You know, he could do his thing when he comes through. I don't, I don't want to be part of that. Um, you know, he put me on the back burner for this long. Like, if you want me to make content with him, I will. We'll work together going forward. But, like, I'm not going to, like, reach out. You know, I'm not going to be the one. He's going to have to reach out to me. Because at this point, I've reached out so much. And he's going to have to follow through. Because I'm not, I'm not the one, man. I, I will follow through. But he, he has to definitely fucking be the one. And I was content with that, man. I was like, you know, let shit be under a bridge, make good content together for a minute, and I can still do my shit, he does his shit, and no one streams cross. Well, I started getting flagged, man. When I first started doing content for Dispo 2, I got flagged right out the gate. On Facebook, I was getting seven-day bans. I had, like, five pieces of content flagged quick, fast. And I was like, fuck. Now, is that the minute... The minute I put Dispo 2's shit out on Facebook for a platform, it got flagged. I got banned for seven days. 
And during that immediate flash of banning, I was like, wow, I've never been banned on Facebook. I've never had content flagged. I need to go through and start asking anyone I knew from Dispo One, block, block, block. So I could get this off the ground because this is what I'm getting paid to do. So I went through and I fucking blocked everyone that I knew from Dispo One. Because I didn't want my shit to get taken down because that's my livelihood at this point. I have to post fucking shit on Facebook. I have to post shit on every social media. If I don't have a fucking account to post to, man, like, fuck. That makes me look like a fucking duck in the water. So I went through and I blocked all the Dispo Ones, people new and old. As far as uh, old, if they were working at Dispo 2, they were on my friends list at that time. I kept them there. So uh, we go and uh, I get told by Dispo 2's owner slash manager that uh, videographers are going to be coming on board to do content with us. We need to work together. There's a lot of future projects going on. This and that and this and that. I don't like it in the thick of that shit. It's all bullshit anyways. And uh, I'm down, man. I'm like, whatever. I'll, I'll just do my content here. So, so through the month of October, I had a lot of fucking content put out. A lot of it. A lot of it was done that month. Through the month of November going into December... Hey, you want me to do this for, for video? No, no, no. Hold off on that, man. I need you to, uh, man, I need you to bud 10. I'm going to have you bud 10. Threw me behind a fucking register that every employee could dive their hands into that wasn't locked to you or specific to you. Really fucking weird. Made me bud 10 for like, I don't know, three or four shifts. At the end of the fourth shift, I was like, I'm not going to do this. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't, I don't like bud tending. It's not for me. I don't think it's my forte. You know, I was contracted in to make videos and memes, and I'd much rather do that. I was doing good at those. We were, we were having fun with those. But if you need other help around the shop, man, like if you want me in the back helping the wife move boxes around or shit for inventory, count things, I will. Like I'll do shit in my downtime. Yeah, 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 that's fine. You just do you. That's going to be the famous phrase, I swear. You just do you. <laughs> and uh, that was what was told to me when I had issues with other employees that was what was told me when when any kind of like anything bad came up you just do you that's what was told to me (laughs) makes me laugh now because i don't know what the fuck it means meant nothing at the time i guess but as we go forward man so me and the the wife are doing our thing we're trying to stay away from the people we don't like trying to trying to help out the ones we can that we do like and we're getting a, a workload thrown on us. Pretty good workload, she is. And the wife's getting tired. And I'm doing my thing out there. To my best abilities. Um, at this time, I had a lot of restrictions on Facebook again. I got hit October 31st. I think that Halloween weekend or October 21st, I got hit somewhere in there. It was like a 14-day ban. And I got a couple hits on my Instagram. I was like, what the fuck, man? Who's, who keeps hitting my fucking accounts? Why? Why? No one from the from the first dispensary is on my shit. But the second dispensary, I have everyone here, unless it's someone on the inside blocking my shit. What the fuck? And I'm supposed to be working with people, so they shouldn't be blocking my shit. But when I first did content for Dispo 2, they told me, oh, it's probably so-and-so, because he doesn't like when people put out content. So I was always under the assumption that the videographer was blocking my shit. 
but I didn't know, man. So I'd keep him on a block list. I'd unblock him. I'd block him and I'd unblock him as we went along. Because one day it'd be hot and one day it'd be cold. Yeah, he's on. No, he's not. Yeah, he's on. No, he's not. Then finally he was on in, in November. Oh, the, the stores are done. He's done working the Halloween stores. He's going to come on forward full time. And you guys are going to do great things. Sorry, I need some coffee. And uh, I was I was for it, man. You know, reluctantly, but, you know, we're still willing to do it. So uh, here we are in November, man. I'm not putting out content like I was. I'm doing strictly weed maps pictures. I didn't want a bud tent. It's not that I didn't want a bud tent. I didn't want a bud tent under those conditions. The shift I bud tended, like the first shift I bud tended, I had the head bud tender there who didn't like me for like three hours. And he went home and if his shift ended at six. So then I look around from six to ten, man. And everyone who was there was a newbie who never, and I quote, never really worked in the cannabis industry. One of them was there who did and was bud tending, but she had more questions than answers. And I came to a conclusion while looking around there, man. I was like, whoa, I've never worked in the industry, but I have these bud tenders asking me what's the difference between this and that. What's going to help them with this? What's going to help him with that? How do you how do you administer this? Or how do you administer that? What's the best way for them to take this? And it tripped me the fuck out, man. I was like, holy fuck. I grabbed the bull by the horns. I did the job. Sold a lot of tel- top shelf that night, man. I did my thing. And uh, I came to a realization that, like, not all bud tenders are created equal. Some of them know their shit, some of them don't, and it kind of fucking sucks. So from a consumer perspective, you got to think, the whole time, I was just a customer, consumer, coming up to this. I never had any forte in the industry. I'd learned everything on fucking YouTube tutorials. Weed in a Pot taught me a lot. Frenchie Cannoli taught me a lot. If it wasn't those, it was fucking... From seed to to plant. All these YouTube channels, man. I spent hours and hours researching. And that was through like 2019 to 2020. I'd do it in my off time. But really it started way back in like 2012. When shit went legal in Colorado and recreational. And like I said in the last podcast, I saw things unfurl. So I got curious and I'd learned how things were processed. So... And I absorb shit, and I keep it, and I retain it. It's weird. But uh, I knew a lot about cannabis, man. And once you're locked up for cannabis, and you kind of have a different perspective towards it when you get out. You want to learn more about it. You want to know why you're locked up for that drug. And at least I did. And uh, I, I educated myself. So, you know, when I was looking around those nights, I'd be like, whoa, what the fuck? I, I know more than the average bud tender. I know more than, than a lot of people, I guess. Fuck. But I don't want to do this. I don't I don't want to be the only guy who has that knowledge on my third day. They shouldn't have me in this position. They shouldn't have a an open drawer that everyone's working out of. Like, this isn't right. There was a lot of things that weren't right. And it made me very uh, anxious and didn't want to do it, man. I was like, and, and plus, I wasn't getting paid an hourly wage at that point. I was fucking contracted to make memes and videos. And here I am working an eight-hour shift, bud tending. 
It was a trip, man. It was looking back now, even sitting here talking it out. This is a fucking trip, man. Because everything was moving a million miles a minute. Every day was fast forward to the next. So, uh, yeah, man, we got to a point where I wasn't doing what I was contracted in to do because I think it was going to step on the other videographer's toes and he didn't want to play in the same sandbox, which is whatever. And then uh, there was just a lot of animosities with other co-workers there and it, nothing was ironing out. We'd get constantly cold, told, don't worry. I told him to quit fucking with you and you just do you. And that wouldn't get us any resolve. Like, it's almost like if you had a kid do something bad and you never smacked his hands, you just yelled at him. You know what I mean? Like, he needed, they needed more, uh, more, uh, discipline than what they were getting. And then sometimes, like, discipline would come in the wrong facets where you can go back and you can look on a camera and see what exactly happened. And they wouldn't. And they would just take one side or the other. And it was just really weird. I don't know. There's so many little things that happened in that building looking back that we got to a point where me and the wife both were just like so dumbfounded, so on edge, so stressed out, so tired that we were like, is this the industry for us? If this is the industry standard, this isn't right. But we knew it wasn't the industry standard. We just knew it was the way that building was being operated. And uh, me and her got to a point where uh, we sat down. I think it was after Black Friday. They did a Black Friday sale. And me and the wife did six inventory trucks that day in like a 10-hour shift. Put them all in the back, organized them. And went home, you know, we were fucking burnt. And uh, the next day we came back, all the product was crammed out of the building and into two U-Hauls. We were told to load that product back into the building and get one of the U-Hauls empty and to count all the product. Because their inspection was coming soon and they didn't want to fail their inspection. I looked at my wife. She looked at me and she was so, so upset because it was like all the work we did before we went on our two days off got fucking dismantled rearranged thrown randomly together and we get to reorganize it cool whatever you know but it wasn't that it was the fact that the inspection was coming and they were trying to make it sound like if we didn't get this done they weren't going to pass their inspection and then it might fall in just me and my wife that's what the frustrating part was because we knew it was bigger than that. There was more than just two people in the building doing inventory and invoicing. There was more than just two. And no one else was really diving in to help, you know, per se. So uh, we worked our shift out that night. And uh, we came home. And on the way home, you know, me and the wife made a choice that uh, we didn't think it was prudent to go back because there was a lot of things that were going on inside that building that shouldn't have been. Whether it be disrespect from crew member to crew member, 
or things in general that shouldn't be allowed via statutes, like state statutes, let's say that. That's a good way of putting it. And I don't want to get into the thick of those things because that's not what I'm here to do. I'm not here to bash anyone. I don't have any animosity against Dispensary 2, man. I don't. The owner slash operator manager. No, no, no ill regard. It was a fun ride while it was fun. I just had to get off because the, the ride got too bumpy, man. It got too shitty. And the reason it got too shitty was after that, that weekend, my wife didn't want to work there no more. She's done. I don't want to work there. My legs are pitted with bruises from boxes falling over me. The back room, I can't even squeeze in. It's that tight to work. You couldn't even, you, I, I couldn't fit in some of the rooms back there. And I'm a big guy, but like, you gotta have safety protocols. And it was, there was nothing in play. And uh, the wife just was done. So she got a job offer to go back to an old employer. On a whim, too. On a random weekend whim. <clears throat> stopped into the establishment. And the wife got an offer. Told her, take it. I'll, I'll go back to the dispensary and I'll deal with the bullshit. Dispensary, too. And I'll do their content. I can still go there a couple days out of the week. I got the motorcycle. I'll rip down, take a couple pictures, come home and upload it off my computer. She'll still want the content. Don't worry. And the wife was down. She's like, yeah, babe, I don't. I just don't want to do it. And I was like, yeah, and then, you know, if I go back, I, I, I won't be in the back doing the inventory. I'll be doing the content I'm supposed to be making right now. She goes, all right, well, let her know. So I fucking call the owner, let her know, owner slash manager. I let her know, you know, hey, man, straight up, sorry to let you know this, but the wife's not having a fun time there. She doesn't want to, she doesn't want to deal with it no more. She's the employees and the workload are just, it's, it's not fun for her, you know. Uh, so my wife went and found a new job. I'm sorry that it didn't work out. I wish she could have gave a notice, but she's just going to dive into the new job. I know you have enough people. Um, let me know if you still want me to make content for you. And uh, I'm opening up my phone just so I can get this proper, proper. And that was on, I just want to know what days these are on. So I told her, I said, oh, this was uh, December 6th, man. I just want to let you know that the wife decided that working there just isn't for her and ended up getting a new job. Just wanted to say thank you for the opportunity everything while working there if you still want me to help the shop with memes and content just let me know if you don't need my services anymore i understand because i was under the uh impression that <clears throat> if the wife was gone i was too you know like you didn't need me i just had that vibe maybe it wasn't given but it was just in the gut wanted to give her the option if you didn't want me you know cut me loose if you want me keep me let me know <laughs> So then I, I call, she calls and I talk to her, say the same thing over the phone. And after she tries to convince me that, you know, everything will be all right, you, the wife should come back. And I was like, no, the wife ain't coming back. The con conversation changed into some random shit. 
Well, the reason I didn't have you come is because someone was stalking the, the lot. Da 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 da. I have over 40 photos of a car being spotted in five days. He's from the, the rival. The city's handling it. These are just snippets of, of the convo. And I had pictures sent to me, and it was pretty much told that. The reason I didn't have you and your wife work is because security was there. And me and the wife didn't work. God, let me see. Let me go back. December 5th, we didn't work. December 4th, we didn't work. December 3rd was our last day of work. That's when me and the wife were done. That's when the wife was done. She got her job offer. Then December 6th happened. Sorry if this is a little boring, man. I'm just trying to refresh my mind. So here we are on December 7th. I sent a flyer because she had an event going on in a park. Like, Let me know if you still want me to make content with you. Called her. Nothing. December 8th, you know, shoot me a call. Uh, if you have time, please, I was just going to ask you, since the wife isn't on uh, on the squad anymore, do you still want me making memes and content for the shop? And if so, how do you want to go about it? Since I wouldn't be in needles every day, just let me know what works for you. And then uh, the next day, uh, give me a call or text, yada, yada, yada. And then I gave up. After December 10th, I was like, you know what, man? It's been seven fucking days from the 3rd to the 10th. It's been a week. Why the fuck should I reach out anymore? Obviously, I could take a hint. There's no responses. I think I got one answer on a phone call. It was someone else who answered her phone and said, she's busy in a meeting. She'll call you when she's done. And that was it. And I was just to the point where, like, it wasn't it wasn't productive. I wasn't going to sit on my hands and not make content because that whole month I ran real dry on content. And it came, became real clear that like seven days of reaching out to you and you're not going to respond back to me tells me that you don't want me. You don't want the content. And there were things going on around that time in her personal life. I'll admit that her mom sickness, some shit, but that doesn't inhibit you from after doing a live Facebook video to message the guy who's been making your content for the last month and a half, two months to be like, yeah, you still have a job. No, you don't. All I was looking for was a yes or no on the tail end of it. Like, yeah, you still have a contract with me take a week off I'll, I'll bug you here in a minute i got some shit going on no you ain't got a job be gone just a yes or no answer is all i was looking for 30 second text would have fucking solved all that so then i took it on myself man i said fuck it let me take a hit let me take a hit real fast <laughs> i said fuck it man I said, fuck it. You know, I want to get some content out there. She hasn't responded in, in a fucking week. By this time, it was longer than a week. It's like 13 days. And uh, I said, fuck it, man. I'm going to go to uh, back over to Dispensary 1. 
because they're the only dispensary that has good product next to this one. And I'm going to go buy some exclusive from them. Now, at the time when I made this decision, I laughed because I made a lot of fucked up memes. And I mean a lot, man. I never made fucked up videos because I, I, I didn't want to get down that route. I didn't want to. It wasn't me to spread that much negativity. But on a man, man, it's, it's all in fun. I feel it's all in humor. But some of my fucking memes were fucking nasty, man. And I don't mean nasty and like, like perverse, but just fucking. If you were slinging mud and you were a politician, you'd be like, fuck that bastard if you're on the other side. Like, I, I dig the vibe. Like, I know I made some fucking mean memes. And I deserved all the burning ears I experienced those nights because some of those fuckers were on fire, man. Some of them were legit. And I feel bad because looking back now, boy, I was only getting half stories from my camp that I was working at. And uh, when you're only getting half stories, your your shit doesn't have much, so much knock to it, to your own ears. So uh, looking back, man, it kind of sucked that I was uh, propaganding propaganda the propaganda I was putting out towards the community wasn't as truthful as I was being fed because I was being fed a lot of bullshit at the time so uh my mentality was I'm gonna go back over to dispensary one and uh I'm gonna go buy some product that I know dispensary two doesn't have and I'm gonna go home and I'm gonna review it because at this point even if dispensary two calls me back why would I even? Why would I even waste my fucking time? At this point, you know, it's December 20th almost. It's like December 18th. And I'm to the point where it's like been 20 fucking days or 15 fucking days, two weeks. And I'm just like, nah, I'm good. I'm not going to, uh, even if you call me back and say you have a job tomorrow, I don't think I want to work for you because my eyes were split open already. Like Sometimes in life you see people do things and get rewarded. Okay, Whether that's a hard day's work, whether that's an ass kisser, or whether that's like general karma coming back for someone. But when the rewards are so big that it's hard to fathom it, you have to sit back and realize why was that given to me? Why did I what 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 did I give to earn that? Okay, and uh, through my time at dispensary too, I noticed things like that, and I was even a victim myself of it. <laughs> One day after. Uh, helping out get a bunch of supplies for a, a community party. We were told, hey, me and the wife were, you guys kicked so much ass this week. I think you guys deserve to go to a Golden Knights game. I got you tickets. When you're done with the community event. You guys head out and go to this game. Me and the wife were down, man. Like, I wasn't going to say no. On the inside, I wanted to, but on the outside, I, I couldn't because that's too, first off, it's a fucking gift. Second off, goddamn, we worked our asses off that week. Me and the wife were fucking 
burnt, dude. And I mean, I think we worked like five twelves or five tens to get there, and then like a twelve. We were doing a lot that week, man. We really were. We were hustling and bustling, and uh, so we we took the tickets with with a fucking smile on it. Fuck yeah, we deserve them. We earned them, you know. So we uh. We go down to the Golden Knights game that night. It's a fucking experience like none other. It's fucking front row, right behind the goalie, right on the ice. You damn near touch the fucking glass. And we have a hell of a time, man. We really have a hell of a time. And it kind of, at that time, it kind of erased the bad week that we had. It erased all the bullshit we went through, all the, all the fuckery we had to deal with. And it made you feel like, okay, maybe it's a reset button when we go back in. On Monday, you know, when we start our day, maybe maybe these people will leave us the fuck alone because she's had a talk with them. Like, you thought it would change, and it never did. So, uh, I learned then that people would get rewarded for certain things if they earned it, for one, or maybe just to keep their mind at ease. So, when uh, when I didn't have a response on my phone for work after, you know, two weeks, I said, fuck it. I know what's next. I know what's going to happen. And if it does, I definitely ain't going to go back. But I, I was already stone set. Like, there ain't shit you can throw at me to bring me back. You you left me out to dry for two weeks without an answer, man. So like I said, I went over to Dispensary 1, bought some fucking exclusive product from their dispensary. I fucking did a review on it. I said, fuck it. When I did my review, I even threw the Golden Knights jersey on that I bought the night I went to the Golden Knights game. And I did that for a reason. I did it because I wanted to prove that no matter what you give someone, a person's going to hold true to who they are. Okay? I can't be bought, man. I could not be bought. You could ask me tomorrow to change my personality, and I can't. You could throw a million in front of me today and tell me to 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 live with a different personality I wouldn't be able to I am too real to myself man so uh I did my review I threw it on YouTube I took some jabs out I threw some jabs out there definitely with the Golden Knights jersey I didn't give a fuck though because I earned that night man me and my wife really did earn that night to go to that game and looking back that's what I told the wife man me and you earned that fucking night that wasn't no bullshit gift but in the same retrospect, everything else was a bullshit gift. The offers, the things, the time. So I did my review, man. And uh, I released it, I think, the 18th. <clears throat> I get a text the very next night, man. And it's a trip, man. So I had shit flagged in October, nothing through the month of October. Or I had shit flagged in October, nothing in the month of November. Only two flags on Instagram. Like, got hit rocked hard on, on Facebook, but it was in and out and in and out every two weeks. So I released this video, and I did the video in the same style that I would for Dispensary 2. Didn't change a fucking thing. Just the, the name on the dispo. I get a message. <laughs> Next night, at 8, 8 p.m., and it goes... Damn, bro, that's fucked up that you turned so quick. All good. Have a great Christmas and happy holidays. From the dispensary owner slash manager of Dispo 2. And I'm like, what in the 
fuck. You're going to wait from December 3rd to get back to me on December 19th, man. Fuck you. So, and and saying I turned, that really, really pissed me off. Because, first of all, working for Dispo 2, I was getting paid for my content. I was getting paid to put out memes, getting paid to to do things, man, to pay to make video, to pay to make content. So saying I turned on her or on, on Dispo 1 or Dispo 2, no. I was always loyal to Dispo 1. I just was never getting paid to make content for them. Never have been. So I felt it was only right for me to go to the rival and buy product from them that Dispo 2 wouldn't be able to say anything about. So I responded to, to her, her message, turned, you mean blackballed, right? No response to calls or texts for over a week because my wife decided that a toxic workplace perpetuated by the management and her team was too much for her, so she quit? Or am I seeing that wrong? Then you left me in the dark for it, so now I'm free to make content of my own choice. And I don't want to be part of a weed war in the cannabis community. It goes against the positive vibes I try to spread. Wish you the best out there. That was me putting the nail in the coffin. Like, I'm done. I don't feel like making memes that talk shit on medicine givers. I don't feel like making memes that say a business is lying when I don't know the other side of the story. And these are, these are, these, I, I'll take it upon myself. I made my own memes as propaganda, like any propaganda artist would. And they were effective. They worked. They were telling truths, but I was only given half the truth. So it kind of fucking sucked. And I think during the midst of making these memes, I created a, a small bit of friction in the cannabis community. And I, I wasn't liking it. I wasn't liking the vibe I was getting from it. From my own 420 lounge. From other cannabis groups around here. I was getting the vibe that I was. Perpetuating a weed war. And I, I didn't want to do that no more man. If I'm going to make content. I want to make positive fucking content. I don't want to make negative content. That will affect anyone or anything. You know, and If it's going to affect anyone or anything. It better affect me. Positive or negative. If it affects you. It better affect you positively. So. I got to a point where I didn't want to do it no more. And I let her know that. It was done. Nail in the coffin. Wish you the best with your business. So I get an instant response within like four minutes. I'm like, geez, man, you responded in four minutes, but I was trying to reach out for you for a whole fucking week. Imagine that. And he goes, what do you mean? Have you saw any of my live videos? My mom's sick and I'm in Vegas trying to handle business. And blackballed sounds crazy. I was setting up this and that. Me and the other videographer are going to talk to you with other people. I'm shocked that you think I'm that type of person. All I've let other coworkers go that don't you don't even know about because I've been busy with my my personal life. I didn't know how pissed off. I didn't know I pissed you off. I don't care what you write. I just thought we were friends, but it's all good. You can do all you want. I don't even look at the post. People just told me about. And then I get another message two minutes before that, after that, because I was done, man. I was like, I'm not going to respond to this shit. It goes, it's all good, bro. Just wish you a Merry Christmas. I had a gift for you. It was a gravity bong for Christmas. I would have never talked shit about you. 
but my mom's first in my life. And I'm like, all right, cool. Like in the back of my head, like I understand if it was a family emergency, but st- but still, you could you could shoot a fucking 10 second text. Yeah, you got a job. No, you don't. Still want you on. No, I don't. We'll talk later. I would have ate that. I would have ate that for two fucking weeks, three fucking weeks. I would have ate a, I would have ate a question mark. Uh, I would have ate a yeah or a no. Rather than a question mark, man. So, uh, I responded to that, man, because I was like, "Fuck it." I thought about it for like twenty minutes. Like I told you a long time ago, I'm kind but not naive. On my very first issue that I had with someone there, I told her that phrase. I told her, you know. I'm a kind person, but I'm not naive. And it was towards uh, my content getting flagged because I knew who was doing it. I told her, you know, man, I'm kind, but I'm not naive. I don't play this shit. I told her, you know, I'm kind, but I'm not naive. I understand your mom's first in your life, but in my life, my wife is first as well. You could have texted me 10 seconds of your time after a lie and let me know I still had a job. But after seven days of reaching out and no reply, call me crazy, but I can take a hint. I'm sorry shit didn't work out, dude. I still really wanted to be on board, but at the same time, no reply equals no work, and Christmas is coming up fast. By the way, I'm not getting paid for any of the content I'm making right now. I'm just doing it for the cannabis community. Wish you the best out there. And that's that's where I left it, man. And the next thing I know, man, I get three more texts, and this is, this is the end of, of the whole dispensary two-story pretty much. I get all good, bro. I was trying to open a distro and my mom was going through a lot. Sorry, I would have never have let either one of you go. I had to let three go and that included blah, 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 blah and others. Sorry you feel the way you do. Then I get a video of a guy roasting one of those uh, double-ended gravity bongs, which I believe is the video of the gravity bong she got me for a gift, right? And, and I was done, dude. I was like, in the back of my head, I wanted to say so much meaner shit and keep foraging forward, but I was done. I was like, you know, I, I already stood my ground. Wish your business all the fucking best. Wish you the fucking best. I don't want your bong. I just wanted a text message. And it's too late for that. I'm done. I'm past this shit. <laughs> so then I think I'm over with it, right? This is this all happened on uh, uh, December uh, 19th. I get a fucking text message on January 1st at 12.15 in the morning saying, Happy New Year's. Now, how fucked up is that, man? Like, straight up. You put someone out two weeks before Christmas, and then you send them a Happy New Year's text. You take it for what it's worth, man. Tell me what you guys would do if you were a contract worker and you're business decided to not contact you for your contract work for over seven days of you reaching out and then another you know nine fucking days of you saying fuck it you know what would you have done in that situation especially in the the conditions that it was in man i mean if like the conditions were there were a better condition uh uh, business or better ran maybe i would have worked it out longer maybe i would have waited more but like there was so many variables there that weren't tasteful at all, man. Like I said, every day was a different fucking narrative. Every day was, um, you could go in and it'd be the sunniest day in the world, or you could go in and it'd be the gloomiest day in the world. It just depended on who woke up on what side of the fucking bed. And it was a trip, man. It was so inconsistent. 
that I'm so glad I stepped away, man. I do, I do, I do. I uh, I stepped away from it, and I stepped away from it, and and I feel like uh, I feel like that was the right choice to do. I feel like um, with all the chaos behind the scenes there at the dispensary too, that it wasn't worth getting caught up in. You know, the almighty dollar only controls you so much before your own free will kicks in and you start realizing your self-worth is way worth way more. Your self-worth and time are worth way more than someone else's business and idea of you. So uh, I decided then and there to not make content for them no more. I didn't want to deal with them no more. I won't go back into the establishment. And... I went through and I deleted all of them. The funniest thing that happened was three days after I told her pretty much wish your business the best. On December 21st, my Instagram got fucking slaughtered, man. It was bad. I woke up to four fucking uh, uh, posts being fucking restricted and taken down. I was like, oh, shit. Instagram's being weird. And throughout the day, I think a total of 12 pieces of content were flagged on my Instagram. Then I go into my Facebook, and the very first piece of content I put out for Dispo 1, so that review I threw out there, gets flagged. And I get put on a 30-day suspension on Facebook. So I'm banned on Facebook for 30 days, can't put no content out there, fucks a content creator. And I go over to fucking my Instagram and it's slaughtered by the 21st of December. It's just fucking all fucked up. So I go on a mad scramble and start taking a bunch of posts down because it's not worth it, man. It made me so upset. I end up losing like 40, 50 subscribers because I can't put content out on that platform right now because they're watching it so bad. So I took a big hit, man. It's, It's sad to see people play fucking childish games. And that's inevitably what brings us here to why this podcast exists. <laughs> I uh, I got tired of waiting to do a podcast with other people. And I got tired of being flagged on video platforms for smoking my cannabis. Because you can't, can't flag me for smoking it on here. You can't fucking flag me for enjoying it on here. And spreading the word on here. So... Cheers, y'all. So that's why uh, this podcast exists is because uh, I got to a point where I was done getting flagged. I wanted to put content out for the cannabis community. I want to inform or help educate or help entertain someone out there and just let people know, let's help break the taboo of being a closet smoker and let's go out and enjoy our shit man let's create a community cannabis is all about love man it's not about hate it's not about weed wars it's not about who's making the bigger buck cannabis is about spreading love and community helping your fellow man out when he's down that's what cannabis is about man that's what it's on this planet for us all it's meant to mellow us all the fuck out so we can stomach each other that's what i think it's here for and uh yeah, man, that's 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 my story of 
my little bit of time and how it took for me to get in some facet of the cannabis industry, man. So while I was there, I was in the inventory rooms, putting away product and counting product. I was a bud tender, a couple shifts, and uh, mainly a content creator, but that got aired out as soon as uh, the other guy came on. So really weird story, really random, I know. But true, man. That's that's how it goes in my world. My world's a really random, strange world. And uh, that's how we got to this podcast. And hopefully this podcast continues my random and strange world and adventures because maybe you guys like hearing it. So uh, let me know what you guys think for real, though. I, I want to know what the fuck would you have done after all that shit, man? Like... It was some dirty shit you know there was a lot of there was a lot that I can't talk about because I don't I don't want to I don't want to assume or spread gossip but as far as personal experiences man you got a crew full of fucking bad apples it spoils the bunch and that's what I think was going on there and when you're led by a bad apple the whole bunch is just gonna be rotten man and uh not saying that People can't be humane and human, but true colors show over times, man. Just because it's a wolf in sheep's clothing sometimes, you know what I mean? But then you always have your own guard up, and you don't let yourself ever put your self-worth ahead of your own. You know, man, your self-worth is key. You got to know what you're worth in this realm, and you got to know what you can handle and what you can't. And I was glad to bow out because... It wasn't going to be worth my time. And time is of the essence, man. Time is time is the most valuable thing in this fucking world. And if you're wasting your time on negative energy, it ain't going to result in anything positive. So I bailed, man. I said, fuck it. I grabbed my pride and I dipped. I um, presently ain't making no more content for, for dispensaries. I'm just doing my own thing. I, I throw content out for dispensaries that I like, but it, it's not sponsored no more. Quit making dirty memes, man. I don't want to make mean memes. I want to make positive memes, funny memes. And I just want to smoke my weed and gain followers, man. That's that's all my goals were inevitably in the first place, which is to smoke some weed, gain some followers, and build a great community. And I feel bad for, for my local community out here who took a hit from me uh, perpetuating a weed war. That wasn't my aim, man. But the business end of the shit makes you do weird shit sometimes. But uh, I hold my head high because I walk the fuck away, man. And uh, I'd rather walk away with my head held high than go back with my tail between my legs. That's the best way for me to put it. So let me know what you guys think, man. That's my story of uh, my time of how I got my foot in the cannabis industry and how this podcast came up, man. Like I said, I just got tired of, of waiting in general so the podcast came up because they want to flag content and they uh they want to play mean so podcast is here to stay y'all this is gonna be my weekly thing this one ran extremely long most of my podcasts are only a half hour long and uh i felt this was a story that that needed to be told a long-winded story it gives you a little backstory on me too so you guys know where I gained my knowledge from a little bit. I do have experience in the cannabis industry. It's not just uh, some random guy talking on a microphone to you. And uh, yeah, man, just a little bit about me. Maybe next time I'll do something uh, a little bit different than this. 
Maybe I'll do something more informative again. Tell me if you found any form of entertainment out of this podcast. Let me know in the comments, man, whether it's on Instagram, TikTok, uh, Twitter, YouTube. I'm going to post this one on all the fucking platforms that I'm on, and uh, we'll see where it goes. If you're a listener, thank you for hanging in there this fucking long. You're a fucking gauntlet runner, man. I hope I don't sound crazy. I hope you're enjoying it, and uh, I hope you got your ears for the next one, man. You guys all stay happy, high, and safe out there. Hit the subscribe button, the notification bell here on Spotify. Go follow me at Rancan8 on Instagram, Rancan underscore 420 on Instagram. That's my backup page. Rancan Reviews on YouTube. We got Rancan8 on Twitter. And we got Rancan8 on TikTok as well. Twitter and TikTok are my least used, but I use them as backup accounts in case something fucking happens, man. So once again, y'all, thank you for lending me your ears for this long-winded story of uh, my bullshit in the the cannabis industry. But uh, I have a feeling we're not done yet. We'll have a a part two after, after a year or so. So stay tuned for a part two of this, hopefully later on in life. If not... Part one's a good fucking story, man. And I have plenty other pothead stoner stories to tell you guys about of wild shit, man. Just wild, wild shit. I've been through some random shit in life, and it's fun to tell the stories. So you guys all take it easy out there, man. I will catch you on the next piece of content I put out. And thank you so much for listening to the 4 to 20 podcast. I will catch you all next week. Peace out. Until then, y'all, take it easy.